and welcome to Monsters Are People, hosted by Cece. Today we'll be covering the disappearance of a little girl called Myra Lewis, who went missing in 2014, aged just two. This case does involve a young child, so as always, if this isn't for you, click off. But before you do, take a look at her photo and remember her name. Myra Lewis was born on the 30th of November in 2011. She lived in Madison County in Mississippi on Mount Pilgrim Road and she lived with her mother, Erica Lewis, and her dad, Gregory Lewis. She also lived with her sisters. She had quite a few sisters from what I could read. Now, there isn't that much information out there about Myra, so this will be a minisode, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve to have her story told and hopefully one day she'll be brought home. It was on the morning of March 1st, 2014, that little Myra went missing. She was wearing khaki bottoms, a turquoise jumper with a picture of a bear on the front, and pink tennis shoes. She is described as African-American, has brown eyes and black hair. That morning, she had been playing in the front garden with her sisters. At around 10.30 to 11, her mum Erica left to go grocery shopping. Before she left, she told the girls, go inside so that they could be watched by their dad while she ran her errands. She didn't wait to see if they had listened, which is something she would be criticised for by some later. But I'm sure she regrets not pausing now. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and it should be mentioned that they did have a one-month-old baby inside as well. So if you have any experience with newborns, you will know that both parents were more than likely exhausted and adjusting to this new family dynamic. So Erica left to do the groceries and Gregory was inside with the new baby. There was a huge miscommunication between the couple, where Gregory thought Erica had taken Myra shopping. Because at around 12, when he went to go make lunch, the other kids had said that Myra had left with their mum to go grocery shopping with her. But Erica didn't take Myra, and Erica thought that Gregory was watching Myra. I know some people will think, how could that happen? How do you not know who's watching your child? But it is more common than you would think. For example, when Ben Needham went missing in Cos, Greece, the grand did think that perhaps the uncle took him out on his bike, and he hadn't. He thought Ben was with her. So this type of scenario isn't unheard of, it does happen. It wasn't until Erica returned home three hours later that they realised their huge mistake and that neither of them had been watching little Myra. The couple frantically searched the immediate area. Gregory took his ATV out and he even used his dogs hoping that they could maybe pick up on her scent. They had hoped that they would find her wandering around. He checked with neighbours and he looked at the places he knew his kids may go. They checked with family that lived close by and they checked the local play places, anywhere that they thought they could find Myra playing. After an hour of searching, they decided it was time to phone the police in for some help. Some people commented saying that they should have reported her as soon as they realised she wasn't there, but I think in that moment people react differently. They did go straight out to search for her and they probably thought that she just wandered off. They probably thought they could have found her and that she couldn't have gone far. But obviously in a case like this, every second does count. But it isn't like the parents ignored the fact she went missing. The second they were aware, they searched. And then when they realised they weren't going to find her alone, they did reach out for help and have been cooperative with the police. Once the police arrived on the scene, they continued to search. They carried out an extensive sky and ground search with the aid of 300 officers and volunteers. An amber alert was set out the next day and everyone was trying so hard to find little Myra. They all hoped she had just wandered off and they would find her quickly. They used official police canines to try and follow her scent, but nothing held any leads. 
They spent over five hours searching the four-mile radius around her home, so that had she just wandered off, they would find her that day. But again, this brought no results and no trace of Myra. They also searched the family's property and vehicle, which isn't uncommon in cases like this. They do tend to do this first. They were thorough in their search and they even searched a local pond just in case she had wandered and maybe fell in. Despite their best efforts, they found no leads in their search. But to this day, they still vow to follow up on every lead. And even on the occasion, they follow up on psychic tips so that they don't leave any stones unturned. Three weeks following Myra's disappearance, Erica was actually arrested because during their searches, the police found a gun on their property. And because Erica was classed as a felon, this was breaking her parole conditions. This wasn't involved in Myra's disappearance, so her arrest was completely irrelevant. And someone breaking the law doesn't ultimately mean they are responsible for their child disappearing. So this piece of information does not indicate any guilt towards the parents. The only reason I bring it up is because it is brought up quite a lot. Erica had had a welfare fraud conviction, which her husband Gregory didn't know about because he worked so much. To me, someone committing food stamp fraud, they're doing it out of nothing more than being desperate, which is sad for them. It's sad that any family would struggle like that. The police have actually been criticised in the past by some for arresting her at this time. In cases like this, you can guess you rely so much on witnesses and members of the public coming forward. And if these people are seeing that the mother of a missing child has been arrested so soon after, these people may assume they don't need to keep looking for Myra. They may not come forward with that key piece of information that the police need because they assume that the mother is guilty. So I do agree that the police timing and arresting Erica was a little bit off and really their focus should have been on searching for Myra. But that is just my opinion. I do feel like that could have had a really big domino effect on Myra's investigation. Myra's grand did speak out to say how much she loves Myra and what a good and clever girl she is. And I will also mention that the family did take polygraph tests and have cooperated with the police throughout this case and the police have never named them as suspects. It is widely believed that Myra was kidnapped either from her front garden or after she had wandered off. There have been sightings of a little girl matching Myra's description since her disappearance and others believe it's possible that Myra maybe wandered off, got lost in the area around their home and has yet to be found. Temperatures did drop below freezing that night so they did believe that it was possible she was exposed to the elements. But police do stress that there is no evidence to suggest that Myra is no longer alive so people should remain vigilant and come forward with any information that may be relevant. Her parents have also spoken out in the past. You can find a video on YouTube called Good Twin, Bad Twin, and you find out some information on there. We learn that Gregory had a university degree and the couple were happily married. Erica's main focus was being a mum and a wife, and on this interview, we actually learn that the guns on the property that Erica was arrested for actually belonged to Gregory as he was a gun collector. There's actually a strange part in this interview where they compare the case to Taken, that movie with Liam Neeson in it, and they asked Gregory, why didn't you search like that guy? And I have to say, this comparison to me was pretty comical. Um, I'd say his reaction was pretty good in the situation. I mean, he immediately sprung into action. Once he got over the initial shock and the confusion of, you know, who had Myra and realising that neither of them did, I'd say that his reaction was pretty spot on. He hopped on his ATV and went looking immediately. I mean, not many average Joes could compare to Liam Neeson level, but I think he did a pretty good job. The couple go on to say how they do remain strong for their family 
and Erica says how she does remain strong for the girls, but when she's alone, she does break down, thinking, what if? Which is totally understandable. They obviously can't change the past, but they aim to bring her home. The couple did speak out in another interview, and in this interview, you can see just how distraught Erica looks. She says how since Myra disappeared, she had been charged by the police, lost custody of their other children who were actually put into foster care, and she pleaded for Myra to be returned. Gregory, Myra's dad, said how he feels that the focus was taken away from finding Myra, and that's what the people need to be focusing on. Erica pleads for any witnesses to come forward. The FBI have announced there is a $20,000 reward for any information that may lead to finding out what happened to Myra, and there has been an age progress photo released by the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children. Myra would now be eight years old. Now, obviously, Myra was two when she went missing, so please do take a look at this age progress photo just in case. And that's pretty much all the information I could find on Myra Lewis. Please share her story, please tell a friend, and please take a look at her updated photo. You have been listening to Monsters Are People, hosted by Cece. You have been hearing about the sad case of Myra Lewis, who is still missing. As always, I hope anyone involved in this case find peace and closure, and I pray that Myra will one day come home.